Everybody, my name is James D. Fiore, and this is Blackballed. There has been a political divide in this country. This is not news, it's been happening for a long time. And I'm gonna try to coin a phrase, maybe. Um, maybe it's already been coined. The unhinged fringe. It's an ambiguous enough term to be describing either side. And um, before anyone starts talking about false equivalencies, we need to stop comparing things like that because we end up in this all-or-nothing game where both sides come to the conclusion that the ends justify the means. And sometimes it is really good to put a spotlight on these types of phenomenon as it happens in our politics because we need to understand that polarization is also a disease and it's not to think that your side is righteous enough to break the rules that you point to the other side as breaking. And there is a person that I know that is a steadfast documentarian of this phenomenon, and she is my guest today. And her name is Karima Sapp. Hi, Karima. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, What's really interesting is that my battery signal just went, and if I don't run and get my cord right now, (laughs) we're going to lose the live stream. So what I'm going to do is put you totally on the spot. Right? And make you talk for like 18 seconds. You ready? Okay. Okay, go. Well, that's a great hosting job. Once again, James. Um, Hi, everybody. So today, um, I'd like to set the record straight a little bit. uh, Because there has been some online confusion, drama that spills into real life. And I am fed up. So... We're going to be going through what could be evidence in a courtroom at some point in time. But instead, we're going to hash it out here and go through it calmly, rationally, with a bit of nuance and uh, see where that takes us. Okay. Well done, Karima. I think I smell, I think that me, by the way, I'm out of breath. And not only not only did I have to run to the bedroom to get to, I'm to get sorry. it. No, it's okay. I could have. No, don't be sorry. Time. It's my fault. But I had to do it in a way where it's a hardwood floor. I had to like sort of like drag run my feet because my kids are sleeping. Are you wearing <laughs> socks or was that barefoot? I am. It was like, uh, do you remember um, Tom Cruise, Risky Business, when he slid across the floor and he's like, take those old records off the shelf. Well, that was me, except I was wearing pants. I was not until just before the show. Oh, well, well done. You know who does that? Glenn Greenwald. Oh, great. Now they're going to be comparing me to Glenn Greenwald. Listen, I think Glenn Greenwald is getting a bad rep. I don't think he's a Russian. You know, there are insightful terms. It's it's sort of to consider stuff on its merit, right? It's too much of a shortcut, I think, to not actually entertain ideas. And that's a big part of kind of issues this idea of association 
is enough to smear someone having a thought or discussing that, it is enough yeah. to discard right it's the having the thought one like so there's a lot of guys like glenn greenwald matt taibbi is starting to get this treatment too and any of those journalists that were from the left that um might do something like um mentioned that there is an oligarch in the ukraine that like basically gave Zelensky his political career by putting him on a show and funding his campaigns, right? This exists. But if you talk about that, they're like, and, and how, they, how they determine people like Greenwald and to a lesser extent Taibbi are Russian assets is if they report on the same things that Russian state TV reports on, even if they're true, they count that as a piece of uh, evidence to put on the scale of being a possible Russian asset. It's just like, what? You know? I'm 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 quite unplugged from that particular scene, so it's it's interesting that sort of the same phenomenon plays out in in different circles, and it's you know different people involved, but patterns. Yeah, and and that's why we wanted to have you on the show today. So first of all, um, while I start loading up uh, videos here, tell me where you were the last couple of days. And um, and I'm going to lead with uh, with the video that we looked at before we went on air because I need to set the scene for what's happening and who's doing it. But where were you this weekend? And give me sort of like a quick synopsis. Sure. Um, so I spent yesterday in Peterborough, Ontario. Um, it is a city that I have visited fairly often over the past couple of years. Uh, it's been something of a, a hotbed uh, of interesting polarized activity, um, including anti-mask, anti-vax stuff, uh, resistance against public health measures. Uh, there was a bit of a QAnon showing where a mass citizen's arrest on the police force was attempted. Uh, and what's interesting is that in all of these events, it is a mix of local energy, um, but also a lot of outside forces. And in January, the latest attraction in Peterborough was the public library uh, where a counter protest was, uh, sorry, a protest was organized against drag story time. Um, and some of the individuals involved in this protest uh, are of the freedom movement, but their most recent fixation is drag shows. Um, and it's become a cultural flashpoint, not just for the Ontario crew, um, but across the country and indeed North America. Um, so at that last event in January, uh, I attended as I normally do, um, but I, I got a bizarre reception from a, a segment, a subset of counter protesters who seemed to be more preoccupied about my presence than the protesters and who set out really to block me, block my path, uh, prevent me from doing what I came to do. Uh, and yesterday, there was another drag story time uh, in Peterborough. Uh, and, you know, I, I wanted to take a different approach. Um, so in the lead up to this event, I, I had interviews with who I would consider to be the authorities in that community. So I spoke with the drag performer herself, the venue host, uh, the CEO of the library, and the mayor of Peterborough, trying to understand their perspective on these events, these demonstrations, and the energy that it attracts to the city and, and what they hope to see. Um, so at 
this event, and I'm nearly done my synopsis here, um, but at this event, uh, I recognized some familiar faces, people who I've seen counter-protesting other drag events uh, in, in Brockville, in Ottawa, and uh, they, they too um, sort of picked up this torch or this mantle uh, of, of wanting to surveil me and police my presence and existence. And there's an irony to that because uh, I actually don't think that their behavior is all that kosher uh, at these events, uh, or as I stand by everything I say and do. Um, so I think maybe that is the lead in, James. Yeah, no, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's fair. It, it, it always amazes me that um, people look through that lens of, um, of just being right. And um, I can't remember who said it, but there's a historical adage that goes something like people are more concerned about being right than being effective. And it's, it's interesting because the, the whole ends justifies the means thing. Sometimes even our media is a little bit like um, too kid glovish on certain things. So I'm going to play a clip here. And I'm playing this clip because um, the, the whole thing about surveillance um, this is the person, um, and you'll see her cause she has the, she has the megaphone. Um, this is the person that feels like she is qualified to, um, surveil and I guess try to make you behave. I think hers are like, we're just making sure that Kareem is behaving. So the person with the megaphone in this clip is the one that's making sure that other people are behaving. Get on our case no! Those divisions were on display. Hey, hey, come here. Come here. Counter protester clashed with a member of OI. A big bunch of whiny babies um, who threw a mega tantrum last year in our city. The weird, there's so many funny things about it. Like, that was what, a 16 second clip? And, and there's so many things about it that, like, rank, just a rank. So, so first of all, it, I'm just going to play it again because it was really quick. And if you just, she nails the guy in the face with her megaphone. Drink the, it in, man. Drink it in. Yeah. And the, and the, but the reporter, the person doing voiceover reporting is like, protesters and counter-protesters clashed. I'm, I'm pretty sure a, a counter-protester, because that's what she is, right? She's there to make sure drag queen story time goes well, right? That's this her. was actually, this was the one year anniversary of the Freedom Convoy. So oh, okay. So was she was a counter-protester kind of, in this one. Correct. She, yeah, yeah. Okay. She was, she, I think she was she, counter-protesting, then celebrating the one year anniversary of the uh, convoy. Right. Okay. So I'm going to play it again because I think it's worth seeing the person who, again, um, believes that she's qualified to uh, make sure that some other people behave, including you. Been on our case since hey, those divisions were on display. Hey, hey, come here. Come here. were on display. Hey, hey, come here. Display. Hey, hey, display. Hey, hey, come here. Display. That's only one of the uh, assaults we had that day, by the way. With a member of the Freedom Convoy. I mean, that was the second, okay. That was the second incident. Um, she had already been removed a from the hill at that point in for whacking another woman in the face with the megaphone. Right. And then she's saying, you know, these people here are just, they're just throwing mega tantrums. Chick, you are hitting people in the face with your megaphone. Like you're, and, and, and I know what, it, listen, this is one of those, this is an offspring, in my opinion, of punch a Nazi. Because it was never, it was, and, and this is how stupid people are. This is, this is how dumb people are now. So if, if people are like punch a Nazi, you know, supporters of that are like, how could you ever disagree with punching a Nazi? And it's just like, well, how about for starters? Some people call other people Nazis when maybe they're not Nazis, right? And so people feel empowered to go and assault people because they have placed the Nazi label on them, 
Meanwhile, these probably these people are probably gamers. They eat chips a lot. You know, like I don't know. Maybe even if they are bad people, you can't just go around assaulting people. Like that. This is not what people do, right? Like. It negates the fundamental sort of social contract. And, you know, I, I sort of understand how that attitude came about because in many ways the social contract is broken. And so a, a, a reaction or an instinct to that is, you know, to be that vigilante, but it, it is playing pretend because it, it's a lot of rhetoric and it can translate into actual scenes. But as you point out, there's no real measure, right? And, and I've been called a Nazi by both freedom supporters and uh, people who uh, I would dub Antifo. Uh, so, you know, I, I've had that label applied to me by opposite, seemingly opposite ends of the political spectrum. Uh, I wrote a thread today about the guy who screamed at Trudeau during that, whether it was a rally or a vigil, I don't know. Um, and, you know, Trudeau yelled back and it, it was kind of a funny clip. Anyway, but I've, I've been following this individual as part of the Queen's Park movement uh, for many, many months. And to see the term Nazi applied because they've interacted with problematic politicians who, you know, are having various claims to ascendancy. So the idea that everyone kind of knows everything about every, like it's it's just these lazy shortcuts. Uh, and I think it's irresponsible. I think it is a form of like minimizing the Holocaust if these if these words are so loosely applied, it's dangerous. Yeah, and, and so um, this person who has, um, not brave enough to to leave their real name i bet um is that's like john that, is that who john thebo from uh i don't i don't know who that is okay well listen john um if there are nazis at a table and derek sits down i guess is derek the guy that got hit uh no derek is the guy who yelled at the prime minister sorry i'm mixing stories here oh yeah well that I, I don't know if he's a Nazi. He's an asshole, but I don't know if he's a Nazi. <laughs> right? There are 11 Nazis. If Derek sits down, there's 11 Nazis at the table. If Krim is there recording history, there are 12 Nazis in the room altogether. This is, this. I mean, it is It is so fundamentally stupid. John, what is his name? John, John Tebow? Yeah. A stupid human being. The, if you, I, I, I wrote a piece today, okay, about, um, about that term being thrown around. And I mean, how... It, it not only debases the conversation when a person is not a Nazi, and clearly you are not a Nazi, right? This is the, the it takes a special kind of stupid to think that you're a Nazi. Um, and, and the idea that you can just hoist that label on somebody willy nilly because they don't do what you want them to do, not because of their actual beliefs, not because of what they actually do. I'm pretty sure you don't support genocide, I'm pretty sure you're not a, a bigot. I'm pretty sure you're 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 not a person who wants to dehumanize other people. The interesting thing about this, and this happened when um when you were on with Taro, um Danny Taro, it was like the idea that you're even there in the first place is all they need. And so, the person that uh, you, you sent me, and I'm going to send it into the chat, and I'll play a little bit of it, but you sent me, like, it's a 25-minute clip of the person that we just saw strike that other person with a megaphone. 
surveilling you and, and not and it's not you know is it an amount is it sub, is it subjective or sure? objective reality says that she was surveilling you because she said she was i'm here to keep an eye on karima this this is the karima cam is basically what she said and the person that was doing that do you remember the the, the one that hit the person with the megaphone is this person That's her kid, by the way. That that's that's her child. They're watching mom. Um, first of all, I am the most offensive thing about this clip is that she's rapping. I find that highly offensive. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's a good way to get her point across. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll finish the clip. Look how look at the the daughter. The daughter, I feel bad for her. I feel like I, we shouldn't even freeze. The Um, I just want to just for a sec. I, I really like know what that book is. I'm assuming it's some sort of children's book. And yeah. I guess I guess yeah. the problem that they have with it. And listen, I, I, I don't I don't want to get into a big thing about the uh, drag queen story time. I, I am I am a I support any type of reading to kids. I don't really care. But um, I don't support burlesque boy scout story time i i think that anyone can read to kids but i don't i think there should be some sort of dress code in effect <laughs> that's all you know what i mean dress up as a teddy bear that's fine dress up as like something like you know jeans and a t-shirt sure go ahead um stockings pumps and a mini skirt seems a little excessive for kids but i i don't know like like i i i hate that um whole debate because i feel like um 30 years ago, if someone said drag queens reading books to kids, they probably would have said, oh, that's very strange because drag queens are um, after hours nightclub performances. <laughs> it just seems weird. Like, But at the same time, I, I don't really care who reads uh, stories to kids. But if a party girl strokes, comes up and she's just centered female and she's wearing scantily clad clothes, I don't think she should read to kids either. So everyone always needs to seem like it's, a, it's an anti-drag queen thing. And really, it's just like... As long as you're appropriately dressed, I think it's fine, you know, because it's a story time for little children. But anyways, that's just and, and, and Can I just add to this for a second, Jay? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Actually, we don't need to see the rest of that. She just continues to do that. So, same, yeah. Uh, yeah. All of the drag story times that I have seen and attended and have had these protests outside, there is nothing even remotely questionable. So it's, it's fitting exactly what you described, which is someone in costume Good. reading to children and, you know, it, it is typically about inclusivity, like the origins of drag story time. Uh, the reason that this was created was intended to, um, for, for children of LGBTQ plus uh, parents and, and meant to provide an opportunity where they could come in with their kid, have sort of age appropriate representations of themselves, of their families. That is the intent behind it. And when people show up to protest, um, it really gets conflated with a lot of other issues and concepts and images taken from other non-local like local events, 
um, things seeping in from the states. So that, that I, I think, then becomes sort of a fundamental point of conflict. But when I talked to the library CEO today, uh, or sorry, not yes, um, yesterday, it, she really did a good job explaining uh, how this type of programming um, is, you know, it's, it's clearly age appropriate from what I've seen of all of these events, because it isn't, the focus isn't on drag. Drag is costume, it's part of it, um, but the real focus is the story time. Um, you know, brunches are, are, I think, a separate issue, and that's maybe what comes to mind where it, it is sexy. Um, there, there's nothing sexy about the story time, and I just want to make that clear. Yeah, no, that, and, that's, and, that, and that's the way it should be. I don't want, I see people in the comments um, trying, to, trying to drag me a little bit. Um, oh, no. I, I, I am not saying that the common drag queen story time is scantily clad. And, and, and I, I hate being polarized because that people hear that and they're like, oh, what do you mean? You're trying to say that they're whores and predators? No, I just said what I said. I, don't, I think if you're going to read to kids, you shouldn't be scantily clad. If, if 95% of drag team story time is, is not people dressed inappropriately, I am for that. I am, even if it's anecdotal examples, I don't subscribe to this idea where it's like, James, if you talk about it at all, you're just giving ammo to the other side. Fuck you. I don't give a shit. I, I'm, I'm not Switzerland. I am just saying, like, I'm allowed to talk, and, and so is everyone else. And, and, and hear what I say, not what I'm not saying, right? And I think that everyone needs to start doing that. And especially in your case, Karima, because they can't point to anything that you say. You just show up and document, and if they're like, you're not on our team, well, then fuck you. You're a fascist. And that's the shit that I think is... Is, is really like like we saw that with the last time that we were on with that with that with Danny Taro that I asked him I'm like he's like why was she, she he kept on saying things like why is it, why was she even there in the first place and I'm like that, that's an irrelevant question it doesn't matter why she was there in the first place um it just so happens that she was there to document the event can, can and I that kind of why I do go because I think that maybe, yeah sure please. maybe that will help yeah. people um yeah I have always been inquisitive I have been asking questions you know, since I was born, it, it is a defining characteristic of who I am. I look for nuance. I look for understanding, for answers, for the discomfort that is inherent to posing questions and, and trying to learn and uncover. Um, and that's what I've been doing throughout this pandemic. So it's always come from a place of inquisitiveness. Um, you know, at, at times there is humor that is incorporated. I try to be lighthearted about that because I do believe levity is important. Um, but it, it's it's about searching for answers as opposed to reaching conclusions and uh, expecting people to adopt those. I do have opinions and conclusions and I share that analysis, but it's not, there's no expectation that anyone ascribes to that. And I think everyone is a patchwork of different ideas and opinions and conformity on every single issue being in perfect lockstep. Uh, I, I believe that actually stifles progressive thought. I think it's dangerous. I think it's downright dangerous. It, it, it again, it gives people this idea that they're infallible. And we, we have that a lot now because we're polarized. It happens in, in activism circles on the right it happens in activist circles on the left where it is um it is a very tricky thing now to try to navigate any type of waters where you want to have a conversation because again and we've talked about this so many times if, if they hear keywords like if someone says and this is the example that we probably use when we've been on this podcast where 
if someone says, you know, I believe in free speech, there are people on the left that hear that phrase and think that person's a crazy right winger. And, and that person who thinks that is suffering from search engine optimization brain where they hear a keyword and the rebuttal list automatically kicks in and it falls out of their cry hole, right? And that is a very dangerous place because, first of all, free speech is a bastion of left-wing progressive thinking. It's, it was born on the campus of Berkeley. It is the most left-wing idea you can ever think of. When I was growing up and I was listening to hip-hop and two live crew were dragged in front of a Senate committee hearing because of the lyrics of their hip-hop music, it was staunch, it was Al Gore's wife, Tipper Gore, but it was also staunch Christian right-wingers that were trying to, like, you know, ban speech, right? Like, it, it was, that's who was doing it. Now everything has flipped, where, um, where the left now wants to ban not just speech, they want to ban people from attending things in public if they agree with their politics. And, and, and that is another ends justify the means thing. I'm going to play another clip and we'll talk about it when we get back. to see that and didn't know the context you would think she was a convoy organizer unless you were listening carefully and not just sort of focusing on on the yelling of pedophile specifically right it, oh. absolutely and, and you know i i don't see how you know just from an observer standpoint and understanding that the objectives um as explained by the the performer herself and the venue host uh, like they wanted to create a safe and welcoming environment for children and families. So I, I don't think that yelling pedophile outside the event where the main point of the protesters uh, or what they're the trying to make as a point is sort of that this is a grooming activity, right? That's a common sort of explanation why they attend. Screaming about pedophiles, I, I don't see how that doesn't reinforce the idea. Uh, it becomes sort of a whataboutism. Um, it's not really a rebuttal. And again, it doesn't make families feel safe. So I, it's no, just I mean, bizarre. If, if my kid is going into a story time and that lady is yelling, there's pedophiles and child pornographers. I'm just like plugging my kid's ears and being like, get away from us, you awful lady. Right? I would I, I'd probably find a, try to find a way to kettle her. No, I wouldn't do that. But, um, you know, there there has to be some sort of like, um behavioral check in place like you can't just be like well i support the right cause so i can be a complete like this lady is clearly unhinged there, there i i don't know if it, like it feels like maybe i shouldn't like well i got to play the megaphone clip many more times cuz i thought that was just amazing um but <laughs> i mean i guess yeah, this is normal maybe i'm yelling at teenagers right um cuz the save canada protesters were the main ones who showed up um, they range, 
between 16 to 18 and they had a couple of adults with them. Um, and you know, it, it I, I understand why people are concerned about that as a trend and, and how it is perceived, um, given some of what, what motivates them. But as you say, it, it, if you just think your cause is right, it doesn't sort of open the door to any kind of playbook. I, I think that that it lowers the discourse. I think it does too. Um, okay, let's get back to more clips. Can you describe what we're seeing here, actually? Yeah. Um, so the person with the yellow sign um, is from a local church. Um, and here my cameraman's trying to get a, a clear image of what's on the sign. But uh, it's being blocked by the other individual who I believe is a supporter of drag story time. Um, the idea that, you know, harmful messaging is is shielded from view so parents and kids going in don't see it i guess neither the street nor my cameraman um but the the focus for this was not the actual individual blocking as you can see there's no zooming in on the face like it's it's looking to see what that sign says um and then mm -hmm. very abruptly just so so wait, hold on what does yeah. it say jesus said uh that the little children Come and then I don't know. I can't remember what it's like. It's basically saying Jesus wants to protect the children from drag queens. I, yeah. It's something like that. Something to yeah. that effect. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. Th th so, so for those that are watching on Spotify, there is a person holding a big banner in front of a person who is, I guess, anti drag, drag queen story time. She's holding a placard that has a, a religious thing on it that supports her cause. Right. And again, I'm going to pause there for a second. There are people in that and there are people watching that are like, you should fucking block her. And I, and I don't know why pe people don't understand that, first of all, um, the whole freedom of assembly, freedom of movement, um, the freedom to not be harassed has been all kind of like perverted in the last, uh, that's a bad choice of words in this context, but it has been sort of distorted in the last uh, little while. Be I don't know how many years, because I, again, the idea that you can't, stand with a placard it's not what it says the placard if it says die n words die i can understand why people would want to block it but this person just has a silly bible verse i'm an atheist and i'm saying that this person should be allowed to stand there with her placard with the bible verse i may not agree with it it's a bible verse chances are i probably don't agree with it but you can't stop a person from standing there this idea that you can just block this person's placard is fundamentally ridiculous to me like it, it just it reminds me of those people that don't want to hear um someone speak in an auditorium so they pull the fire alarm or they come in there with like you know speakers that drown out the speaker this type of thing is 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 fascism you know it's very light it's it's not like the, the violent like you know nazi kind of fascism but the idea that your voice should drown out other people's voice is not conducive with free movement free speech free assembly it, it's these people are trying to disrupt that and there's a there's a comment there that says i i, I assume I'm, this person's talking about me but he's talking about one woman over all these convoy players so at the since we are talking about what happened at this library 
and not the macrocosmic political situation in this country. Were there convoy protesters there? Even if you included this one, was there any violence among the convoy protesters or the um, the people protesting the drag queen story time? I wasn't keeping um, an eye on the protesters the entire time. There, it sounds like there was at some point something described as an assault. Um, they claim okay. it happened to them. The protesters say that they were attacked. Um, the opposite was claimed by the opposite side. I didn't see it, so I can't speak to it. Okay. Um, but we, you know, from your experience covering the convoy, where the exact same type of behavior from convoy protesters was also exhibited, maybe not the exact, but just as um, inflammatory, just as hyperbolic, just as invasive, which is another point that I think is worth making is that, um, I'm sorry, um, really hardcore progressives and like self-proclaimed mega socialists and all these, all, all those people, um, the closest demographic um, to you are the mega convoy protesters. Because there is just as much certainty of being right that they have on their side, and it impacts the way that they behave. Convoy, the, the worst of the convoy protesters are basically like that woman that smashed that other person in the face with the megaphone. That's why I think a lot of people, when they see a clip like that, they probably think that that person doing that was a convoy protester. And so I don't know, you know... I don't know how many times we can sort of belabor that point, but it is, I think it's important because I, there's people in the comments that I'm seeing still that, that seem to be oblivious to the idea that, you know, it's, it's like having a bad girlfriend or boyfriend that can't ever admit when they do something wrong, right? Because they're so sure that their resentment for their partner is just so strong and valid that it can excuse almost anything that comes out of their mouth or any type of behavior or cheating or whatever it is that they end up doing. And, and that is such a dangerous, toxic way to live. Um, so I just wanted to point that out because I think it's, it's worth pointing out. I'm going to go to the next clip now. And I think this clip that I'm about to show is actually... Oh, no, I think it's You're when you were being that interviewed. One, no? What's that? Can you continue that one that we were just watching? Oh, does it get better? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hold on a second. Uh, uh, this one, right? It's this one, right? No, not that one. No, um, the one no, with Jesus the sign. Christ. Sorry. Oh God. That woman's that woman's voice is just. I'm not. Am I allowed to say hysterical, or is that like considered? No, I think. Um, I think we've uh, abolished hysterical. Um, but you know. Oh. Yeah. Screechy. See, listen, I don't know. Screechy. Okay. What if it was hysterical? Like literally, if you look up the word. You know. I'm gonna fast forward it to, yeah, where fast forward to where we left off. Me. Okay. There you go. So for the people at home, um, this protester carrying the Jesus placard is being, I, I would say, harassed. Um, her freedom of movement is sort of being impacted. Um, she's being blocked so that people, cars that drive by can't see her Jesus placard. Um, now there's a person stepping on in front of Karima's camera, so she can't film. the. This whole block, this snookering the camera and snookering the protester thing seems to be quite a popular tactic. Yeah, so, so is, that's my, this... my cameraman who's actually recording this clip. Um, and so the individual who just popped up um, had, a, a, as soon as they arrived, kind of started following us. Jesus, me, 
and then momentarily we're about to see um, Megaphone Lady across the street. And and the reason that I wanted to just continue this clip um, is because it is it comes up uh, in something else that we will see. So this is the perspective from our viewpoint, right? That's another. Who's that guy again? That's that Joe guy, right? That's that Joe guy. So he yeah, traveled up with them. He was on my show once, I think. Like, someone in the chat remind me if that's the dude that was in Casual Friday and basically, I don't know, called me a transphobe or something. I think it Not is. Ejected. Anyways. Right, so you see him pass because, and then you see across the street, um, megaphone lady. Right? So what I understand to be happening here, this guy, um, Sam, he actually made the front page of the Ottawa Citizen um, when there was that bridge where the, uh, sorry, bridge, St. Bridget's, um, the church that, uh, convoy adjacent people rented we're gonna purchase but then they were squatting and it was this whole thing over the summer so he got on the front page for ending up in a headlock um with the the organizer there like the lead church dude uh, william comer i don't know what his title was king um and and so what i think was happening in that clip is that he was trying to agitate my cameraman into reacting in some sort of aggressive way that is absolutely not our mo um we've been doing rallies for a very long time and have pretty strict uh rules of engagement that we adhere to um and, and that includes you know not never initiating violence and avoiding it at all costs um regardless of, of who is against us but i think that his goal was to end up in a headlock or something to that effect and Joe and Dina would have captured the scene, and there is proof that Karima is a bad guy. Uh, and, and so that obviously that plan didn't succeed, um, but clearly you can tell by their positioning, by the ways that they talk about me in the lead up to events, the ways they strategize, um, that that is the goal. And it, it, that is a coordinated form of harassment or conspiracy, just to be clear. Because it's it's because you're a glitch to them. It's because they they really can't unearth evidence that says that you're a fascist or a Nazi, but they know that you're not them. So therefore, you're a fascist and a Nazi, right? You can only be one or the other. Worse than worse than sort of the fascist or Nazis who they're ostensibly there to really oppose, uh, and worse because somehow I'm a traitor on top of everything else, despite not doing anything that that warrants it so it's it's complete bad faith interpretations misrepresentations misinformation um it's it smears it's it's very sick yeah um here's another clip this one's interesting so that i was interested are you concerned at all that your presence here can you tell me who the guy is on the left so he is a reporter um with trent arthur um i believe is the name of the publication um, I think his name is like, is that the university publication? Um, I think he's like a student journalist. I, I don't know. Okay. Um, oh, sorry, Sebastian, not Simon. My apologies. Um, and actually it turns out that he is friendly with Danny Taro, uh, who we were mentioning before. So it kind of explains the question you're about to hear, I think. Okay. 
And that's like, uh, is your pre- do you think your presence here detracts from the overall message? Yes. See, that's another stupid question. Yes. Okay. If this is he, if he's a student in journalism school, I, I question how much he listens to the profs, or I just question the profs because if they taught him that that a, that a viable question is, what do you think your presence here is doing? Really, what that question says to me is this: Don't you know that the people that um, are standing on this side of the street get completely unhinged when they see you, and because of of that, do you think you should be here? That's basically the way he should word the question, but here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 it's a hard thing to kind of behave, right? Because you've got me I need to stay home because other people can't behave themselves. Uh, and I don't think so. Um, but I am doing my best to be unobtrusive um, and to do what I do, which is document and then share my views. There's no agenda, I guess. I mean, apart from the agenda of wanting to show people what's going on from my perspective. And that's no has been whether people agree with it or not. Many voices. And there's Megaphone Lady. Yeah. And take note that she's talking to somebody right now, because I think that that'll come up. <laughs> that's for sure. Who is she talking to? She's talking to another counter-protester. Um, We'll hopefully get to that clip in her footage. Hey, Daniel. But as you can, I don't know if we, we missed it. Um, this guy was just like heckling from the side. Uh, you know, the idea that I have a unique perspective. And for some reason, that was fine. Yeah. I've noticed that. And like, I've been in camera phone standoffs with. Convoy people with Mr. Freedom, with Queen Romana Dulo, uh, like all sorts of, of individuals. So I'm not one to back down from that. Uh, just, you know, so it, and anyone who's been watching my work and footage would know that. So it, mm-hmm. there are, as I said, rules of engagement. And I don't think that filming someone who is filming you in particular, but even generally in a public space at a public event where they are participating as a part, like a, they are participants in this. Uh, I, I, that's a matter of public interest. Yeah. I, I've asked several people that, um, that give you a hard time. I'm like, can you send me a clip or a quote that shows like her harassing or abusing someone? And they never do. It's, it's your, it's just your presence become like um well what is that like like your 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 presence itself is the agitation i, I had someone like admit could... that explicitly actually in ottawa he said well danny did danny Tarr oh, yeah, he did, did as well at least they're honest i guess yeah <laughs> i mean like they're honestly stupid come on and and by the way i i said this about the convoy people too and the reason why i feel like i have to say that is because if i say if i say wow these um socialists and 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 by the way uh, uh, some socialists are great but these are self-described often like socialists and anti-fascists and everything the ones that are the most vocal it's just like it is on the mega convoy side are are the ones that really have a problem with people going where they're going um and it's weird because it's almost like the bastard child of what we saw in the states when proud boys and antifa used to go to fucking 
county fairs and fight or whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there was, that was happening like in 2020, 2021. That was happening all the time. Proud Boys would, would go and, and like protest or whatever it was that they were doing. And then a counter protest would come comprised of like um, so-called Tifa. And then uh, violence would erupt. And I, I'm always the person that, that says that um, it, it often is the second group that arrives that um, tends to spark the, the, the violence. And, and notice that I just said the second group. Sometimes the uh, Antifa was the first group. Sometimes Proud Boys was the first group. Sometimes Antifa was the second. Sometimes Proud. Whoever's second in usually is the one that ends up sparking violence because um, they are not, and, and both sides do this, and I don't care if people get perturbed because I said both sides. Oh, he's both sides. Yeah, I guess so in this case um, because the, the, idea that, the idea of a counter-protest, first of all, is only something that I think is worthwhile if you, you know, notice from your balcony that a large group of men and women have weapons or are about to attack somebody. Okay, sure. Then bring another gang down there and deal with it until the cops come or something. But oftentimes it's like, say, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, say Proud Boys are out protesting, I don't know, fucking the, the legislator in, in, in Nebraska because they allowed uh, gay marriage or something like that. It, it doesn't make any sense to me to to bring your own group down there to 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 combat the people that want um you know traditional marriage not because traditional marriage is the right answer in, in anything but because these people are allowed to go and stand there and and protest protesting a protest that is nonviolent is provocative and it doesn't matter who's doing it first or second and if it does matter to you who's doing it first or second you are part of the problem because it, you know um, someone else said it, Jen Waddell in the comments, if you're not ready to fight vigorously, and I'm paraphrasing, the speech that you don't like, then you don't believe in free speech. It, it, you just it, don't. it demonstrates, I think, a lack of courage of conviction if you need to suppress rather than create and counter with alternative ideas. Um, and, and part of the reason I feel that way is because, you know, I have family and friends who live in or come from countries where that isn't an option. And so the value of free speech, I think, is something like many rights and privileges um, that gets taken for granted until it is too late. And, and I don't like the trends that we see. And that's why I take the positions that I do. It's not an endorsement of uh, political views that, that are, you know, completely diametrically opposed to mine, um, but the, the notion of, of speech, and, and we can have, uh, I think, conversations about at, at what point is protest too disruptive? Um, and, you know, at what point is it a safety issue? Um, and how do we deal with hateful discourse, right, that, that causes actual harm? And how do we measure that? And those are all important uh, questions, but I, I don't know that it's really being addressed in sort of the simplistic way that you described where, you know, and especially, especially um, if some of the people counter protesting an event have ulterior motives. Yeah, um, it just doesn't do anyone good, uh, any, any good to, to, to focus not on the issue, but on the actual person holding the plaque. Like the placard thing is a really good example because 
and, and the same thing, I, I made the same point when uh, you were here last time and we were talking about how you, uh, you were, I, I called it being kettled. It was kettled light, but it was still kettled. They were blocking your movement and there were teams of people blocking your movement from all sides. That That is literally the definition of kettling. It just that you weren't, they, they weren't wearing police outfits with batons and, and shields. Um, but the, the idea that... Um, that when you when you go to a protest like this, that if a placard says um, Jesus said, you know, no, no fucking drag queen, you know, storytellers or whatever, it's so irrelevant what it says on that sign. If that sign said um, yes to drag queen story time, it wouldn't be okay to block the sign. It is not about what's written on the sign; it's about blocking it. There are very few exceptions. I'm going to kill you. John Smith might want to lock that one, <laughs> right? Like, you know, um, uh, you know, I, uh, whatever, just, I, I really want to do bad things to kids. Yeah. You probably want to fucking block that one. But if it's just some innocuous, stupid Bible verse, what are you afraid of? You know, like, like, and, and again, the, that person has the right to stand there with their placard. If you said, what is that? Um, there's, a, there's a, a philosophical, um, it was like a viral video from like, a decade ago or something when they're talking about God existing and how um, it was like an atheist thing and, and how, you know, well, well, who created God? Well, obviously there must be an answer that's omnipotent. Well, who created that God? Well, who created that God? Well, who created that God? Like, and it just goes on forever. It's the same thing with these blocking things. Like, well, how about what if you block the person that's blocking? Well, what if you block the person that's blocking the person that's blocking the person that holds on the sign? Like you could just go forever eventually you have to come to the conclusion that maybe blocking the sign is not a good idea. <laughs> Do you know, like maybe it causes other, a lot of things. There are other tactics and okay, fine. We can disagree on approach and strategy. Um, but you know, when you are trying to suppress that, that is an act of aggression. Uh, suppression is an act of aggression. Um, and that, and own it. If that's, if that's the route, own it. There was, the hockey player, and I've had him on the show, named Shawnee, and um, in in uh, they had to invent a rule in hockey called the Avery rule, the Sean Avery rule, because he would stand in front of the goalie and he would take his stick and he would put it in front of the goalie's face and just be a pest in front of the net. And and eventually they they decided that that was unsportsmanlike conduct and they created the shot what's known as the Sean Avery rule. That reminds me of that. That banner, and you know what I mean? Like that, you're you're just being a pest. You're you're not helping. You're agitating, and again, you think that you're doing something that's good because you're so confident that you're on the right side of history, that you forgot to re- that you didn't remember that it it's not about being on the right side of history. It's it's just not. Um, you know, uh, you, we used to see stuff like this in the abortion debate, but you know, like like they they politicize kids, the the far Christian right or whatever, they, they politicize kids in, in those protests by making them hold placards of fetuses. I strongly disagree with that. But I disagree more with putting a person in front of that kid, blocking him with a banner. I, I just do. You know, like it's just, it, it's it's not about the issue for me. It could be an issue that I like care about more than anything in the whole wide world. If there's nothing on that card, that, that placard that's, that's um, you know, in, uh, advocating death or racism or something like that, if it's a stupid Bible verse, who cares? You know, like it, it, by letting that bother you, I don't know, you're proving something very weird. Okay, here's another clip and we'll come back. Right now, 
I always love it when you sort of dance like like you're at a dance and you're just waiting for someone to come in. Who's Betty, by the way? Betty is the performer at uh, the Peterborough Drag Story Time. Oh, fuck you. You're wearing a... Uh, you're actually supporting the Drag Story Storyteller. I actually really and- like Betty. Um, so yeah. ordinarily, I'm not there taking stances. Um, in this particular case, I think it's fairly clear-cut. Um, and I think that when abstract issues are raised and it's, it manifests outside a specific local event and, and there's no real connection between the abstract issues and that, uh, I felt okay wearing a pen. Okay. Did, did, did anyone know that? I don't know. <laughs> like that was giving you a, that was, was giving right you there. a hard time. It was right there. Probably. Yeah. I, I don't know if, uh, Mind you, I, I did a full interview with Betty, um, and, and we had a great back and forth and rapport and all that, um, and I, I was apparently faking it and pretending because I am actually, in my heart of hearts, a transphobe, even though this is not a trans-related issue, this is a drag situation, uh, so I'm disingenuous. Yeah, can you explain that for people that, um, because even though um, drag, drag queens and transgender people are not necessarily the same, I think sometimes they are, though, because there's all these different layers of different types of people. Um, but um, it's, it's technically not a trans issue at all, but it's been picked up by them uh, like, as a as sort of a, as, as a, like, an issue that um, the transgender community and activists um, support, though. Like, they, they, they have some, it's almost like, a drag queen is like a cousin of a transgender person or something to put it in like a weird way. Like, you know what I mean? Like there, there is, there's some overlap in, in the I same, the same critics. They have the same critics. A, yeah. Drag can be part of a journey towards transitioning. It may not be, um, mm. but you know, it, it is in, in all situations about costuming and performance. Like that's sort of the, the underlying art forms there. Um, and, and, so the conflation with trans issues, um, it happens in part because, as I mentioned, the origins of drag story time, um, you know, it, it, there was that intentionality behind it of, of representation in age appropriate ways. Um, and I think also because like the, the shows and performances, um, I, I don't, I, it, I hope that that I, I I'm not an expert in it, but I understand the drag is it may or may not be part of of a larger journey, but that's not with the story time, the story time focusing on the costume. Okay, um, so this the rest of this clip is just that same guy again. He's he's yeah seems yeah yeah he's surveilling you and and whatever. And the other um um what's the girl's name that uh, hit the person with the megaphone? What's her name again? Uh, Deanna. Yeah, Deanna. Dina. Dina. Okay. Um, Dina talks about him um, when she's surveilling you. And I'm going to kind of play like some of that, but not all of that because it's like 25 minutes long, but I'm going to try to play the parts that are relevant. I'm just going to let the, let the first two minutes play. I'm going to do it on full screen. So we're not going to comment for the first couple minutes and, uh, and then we'll be right back. Hey guys, Dina Sharif here, and I'm at the Peterborough Library, Public Library for Drag Storytime. 
uh, some people showing up. We only have two fascists here so far. You're looking at them. couple of police here so far. I think some of the fash are on the other side down there, down the way. Uh, you can maybe see them below that sign. I can kind of... Well, we got a camera war between Howard Lee Mattis filming Sam. So I just want to stop it there. So what is she, what is she doing? <laughs> what is she accomplishing by, by, by standing there and just filming you? I guess she thinks it's covertly, but she has like three crew members. Like, you, you know who acts like this? Rebel News. <laughs> they do. When they went to Davos, they had like a team of ambushers mm -hmm. <laughs> that would like ambush the same people. Mm -hmm. And then Ezra Levant would get too winded as he was walking with... <laughs> with people so they'd hand it off to that aussie guy and he'd take over you know and it was like it just first of all it seemed i've never seen it like done like that before but this is such amateur hour um stuff and and they don't really seem to have a purpose and they snicker and don't forget that the person that's filming you to make sure that you behave was the woman that clocked that person with the megaphone like the person who has violent tendencies the person who sang profanity lays songs in front of the other protesters with her daughter sitting right there this is an ends justifies the means kind of thing it has it, it, that's all i'm seeing are you seeing the same thing that's exactly what it is um yeah. amount Dude, of let, let's not even play the rest of the clip i think we got an idea who this person is let's just talk now <laughs> let's just talk because uh, i know I, that you want to play it just one part of the clip that i want to the the taylor swift part no no, although I do love Taylor Swift, um, so I appreciated yeah. that. Um, I, I I really do. Um, hang on, I'm gonna tell you. Where they don't have a. I don't have a time code uh, ability on this, so you tell me if it's near the middle. Oh, okay. Hold on. You, um, you have the whole video loaded up, right? Yeah. Let's just so I can do this. I'm just gonna move over here so we can okay. keep it on, and video. you can tell me. You can tell me where to go. Okay, so it's about 15 minutes in to the 25-minute video. Um, so it's like this, this guy crosses the street. Um, and when the guy crosses the street, um, that is, I hope that that helps. I don't know. Let's see. I don't know if that helps, to be honest. Uh, that guy? Uh, hang on. He's going to come across. If we don't find it, we don't find it. But the reason I wanted to show this is because it's the perfect example of what happens either in real life or, you know, online, especially, um, and often laundered through anonymous accounts. Um, but the, the act of smearing and of poisoning a stranger against another stranger with just total lies and, and fabrications. Um, we'll see him 
crossover. It's it's like I said, fifteen minutes in, so like two thirds, I guess. Yeah. Um, we'll take your word for it. Okay. <laughs> because honestly, like it's yeah, it's okay. one of those things. Yeah, and you can find that. I'll, I'll uh, Kareem, if you can put the clip in the private chat and then, or, or even in the actual chat overlay, one or the other, um, and I'll make sure that people can see it so they can take a look at the whole video themselves. But a violent, unhinged woman um, making sure that you behave is hilarious to me. Um, you know, and, and the fact that you were there and were actually supporting the drag queen story time that was happening is the most delicious irony I can even think of. And not just not just that, but like I said, I was able to speak with all the relevant authorities in that community, whereas I had been told that I was unwelcome by the community. That turns out not to be the case. And it's just an example of how the concept of community is this very amorphous term, and it becomes a vessel for arbitrary power and power that you can't even argue with or disagree. And I think that's really problematic. Um, you know, the Canadian Anti-Hate Network, prior to the last drag event, uh, and prior to this one as well, put out a call to ice out fake journalists. And if anyone follows the online discourse, and it, disturbingly, it, it often centers around me, um, and how I am a fake journalist, and I am a fake lawyer, and I am, you know, pretending to be all of these things. Uh, the call to ice someone out at the initial show uh, and, you know, some of the, the drag story times prior to that uh, resulted in physical and verbal harassment of me. Uh, and, and the organization's been silent on that, even though these are people who ostensibly are supporters. Um, one of them wrote for them, right? Like, and, and just no word on the fact that, hey, we didn't mean harass Karima. Uh, please desist or come out and say it with your chest. Yeah, we mean Karima. And then let's talk about that because I don't do anything that would kind of put me in that camp. And it's really disturbing. Um, and, and they live stream their crimes, which is another similarity uh, to the convoy. Sorry, what was that? What, what's like, the similarity? She's live streaming herself, clearly surveilling me. <laughs> yeah, it and she would probably say something like, oh, what is it that you do? And, 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 and the only point that she would really have is that you're both there with cameras pointing it at stuff. But she is stating while she's doing it that she's there to surveil you. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 if you're documenting Karima, I mean, even that is a little weird. Like, like you, you don't usually go to places, you yourself, and just go across the street and be like, I'm going to make sure that Randy across the street is behaving himself. Like that would be weird. And people would have the right to call you out for that. There's characters who it's like, okay, well, let's see what so-and-so is up to. And there are times where I've been attending Chris guy rallies, but that's a little bit less bizarre because he actually is the focal point of the rally. Um, I very much am not. Uh, And, you know, prefer uh, my favorite footage is, what we get where I'm fly on the wall and and that's not always possible if I'm made to be a character as well and then that gets reciprocated so it's not rocket science um but this level of arrogance and and assuming that I'm there 
exclusively for them to thwart them it, it is all projection and you know my, my work requires my path to be clear and i will not accept barricades whether you know it's posed online or physically in, in my path um you know it, it i just will go through them or above them. yeah yeah um listen uh, y- there, I don't believe that there's a violent bone in your body. Um, I don't believe that you're there for any ill intent. It's, it's just, I think it's honestly like people, if I may just, you know, stop, you know, being a little bit too hyperbolic about how I'm describing these people. I think ultimately, and I know this is going to sound condescending and stuff, but like, I think they're just a little confused. I, I think they don't quite know how to compute the idea that if you're not there for them, how can you not be the enemy? Right? I think it's as simple as that. Like, you don't have to be waving a diagonal flag. You don't have to be waving a Nazi flag. You don't have to be not wearing a button that shows that you actually support the drag queen story time. I can't stress that enough. It's not <laughs> enough. It's not enough because you're you're not you're not one of them. You're not you're not you're not down with them. And so you can't do it in any other way if you're not doing it like them. It's terribly narcissistic, and and it's really kind of. Um, it's just fucking bizarre. Like, like, how can they not see how closely matched they are to the convoy protester? You guys are the same. If this was a video game, you guys would have equal power, equal skills, you know, equal weapons. <laughs> you, you, you're, you're, you both have the cheat code and contra. You still got the same amount of men, you know, like this is, I, I, I find it very. It's about and control. I, I, you, that, that's, that's what it is, right? It's people who often, I think, don't have real control in their own lives uh, and look to exert it in ways and places and spaces that they can. And being part of an in-group is a pathway to that. And okay, if that means denying what I see with my eyes and hear with my ears and know with my heart, that's fine because I'm going to be part of the clique. And, And I think that's an element of it. So there's there's malice 100% but I think there's a lot more ignorance um, and just sort of cowardice where you go with the bandwagon because that's easiest and I am a very easy target to dunk on if, if you don't know anything about me right if, if and dunk on looks, I'm an or, or get or get hit with a megaphone on display. Hey, hey, those divisions were on display hey hey were on display. Hey, hey, on display. Hey, hey, on display. Hey, hey, <laughs> a counter protester clashed I, with a member of the. I just, I just can't get enough of that clip. Uh, it's so funny. What I, I would love to find out who that person is. I just, uh, you know, it who, was, uh, yeah. I forget the name actually. I think that the name had come up somewhere, but it, it's, um, it's moot. But it, it, you know, another thing, just sort of, I'm, I'm seeing pop up the idea that. My footage is edited and inaccurate and misleading. I don't know, man. It's just good. So if it tells a story, it's because I'm using video to tell stories. Like, that is the purpose. It's not just a stream of consciousness. Here is the entirety of my time. There is absolutely an editorial aspect to any form of journalism. And in particular, the work that I do... um, Sometimes I am part of that story and that's just my prerogative because I post it on my Twitter. So I, I don't understand. 
uh, what the problem is. Well, well, listen, I, there, there's, the only problem is, is that you're not subscribing and falling neatly into polarization designated boxes. And, uh, and that is literally the best thing about you. So um, I think we, we, we'll wrap it up there because I, I think otherwise we'll be laboring the <laughs> Yeah, no, the we point. can do this forever. Um, I'm just... Yeah, I'm, I, I, was know, almost, I'm... I was almost going to play the megaphone lady again, but maybe I'm also milking that a little bit too. But it's great. I think I'm just going to keep that as like a casual Friday clip that I'm just going to show all the time. <laughs> <laughs> make good use of it yeah no it's uh i, I i'm just like this motivates me um is is another thing i i, I want to end on that um this motivates me to be better to do better to try new things i am running again for venture with the lost body of ontario in part because dealing with this constant pressure um really makes me feel equipped to tackle new challenges um, so for that, I owe a thank you, but you know, if I were to leave on a word, it would be stop because it, it doesn't get better for you from here and I will take formal routes. So cut it out. Well, listen, um, we're, we're I, I, I wish you the best. I think you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Uh, you know, this, this. Um, I, I think it's perfect. Uh, the, the, in a way, they're playing right. They're playing kind of into your hands in the sense, not that you want them to do this, but it's like, why are you documenting this, right? Like, like your your document is to show what's really happening, and that's what's re what's really happening is that you know um, sometimes people that that want to defend something that they feel is perfectly fine, and they could be right about it being perfectly fine, act like assholes. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. And, and it's not okay to act like an asshole if just because you think that the thing that you're defending is perfectly fine. So um, listen, uh, um, you know, take care of yourself and, uh, and we'll talk again, I'm sure, sometime really soon. Thank you for setting this up, James. No problem. Thanks, Karima. You have a good night. Bye. Bye. Karima Saad. Uh, yeah. I love the comments tonight. James, you're so full of shit. Yeah, well, fuck you, you know? It's my show. I'm allowed to be full of shit. I don't think I was full of shit, but um, Karima is is a glitch in the journalistic matrix, I would say, or whatever you want to call that, this, the um, political matrix, by not subscribing to polarization. And so she draws the ire of the far right, and we saw that for like a year and a half when she was covering convoy people who acted exactly like those people um, did. And... Um, yeah, it has nothing to do with the issue. Really, the issue is secondary. You know, it's 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 not... Uh, if someone is holding up a placard that you don't like, don't block them. Now you're the dick, you know? Like, it's just... It's 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 not indicative of democracy. It's just like, it, it is... It's not fascism either, but um, trying to prevent someone from expressing themselves and what they are expressing isn't harmful to other people unless you are a person who's so delicate that you can't take the word Jesus on a placard. Jesus said such and such. Oh my God, we have to block that sign. So no one knows the existence of Jesus or something. Um, you guys are really confused. Um, so I think, uh, I think it, it should give a lot of people a lot to think about, especially if you support that kind of shit, the, the, the kind of actions where, you know, where if Karima, when she was at the last one and she was walking away from people and they trailed her and then six people had banners that they put in front of her and blocked her from all sides. 
if those flags didn't say we support trans or we support uh, drag queen story time and those flags said diagonal instead every last one of you fucking hypocrites would be right there saying that is harmful that is violent you know and and so it's really not you guys aren't principled it's not really the principle um that you're that's guiding you it's the hypocrisy so i really think that you guys should check yourself and we'll see you next time on black ball Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.